Hello, and welcome to the Original Remake Podcast, where we discuss and compare an original film and its remake. Hello, and welcome to the Original Remake Podcast, where we discuss and compare an original film and its remake. Ultimately, we seek answers to three questions. Does the remake do justice to the original? And if you just watch the remake, do you get a good sense of why the original was successful or not successful and thus remade? But most of all, which movie to watch, the original or the remake? Welcome to another episode of uh, Original Remake. Um, today we are not really going to be comparing an actual remake, uh, but after a 13-year hiatus, I guess, uh, I don't know, it's a kind of unofficial sequel as well. We're going to be doing Finding Nemo and Finding Dory today. Uh, I am your host, Peter. Uh, Michael Dennison is not joining me today, but I do have returning guest, Mason. How are you doing, Mason? I'm doing well, Peter. Thanks for having me on. No, no problem. Thank you for joining me. Uh, you were recently on our um, uh, The Jungle Book episode. Yes. So if uh, listeners haven't heard that one, uh, go back and check that one out. Uh, um, we had a fun time talking some Jungle Book. So... Uh, you know, I'm seeing a little theme here. You're joining me for Disney movies. It just I like to Disney me. movies. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with them. <laughs> um, but for uh, for those that aren't familiar with your work, could you tell them a little bit about uh, what you do at uh, Real Dude Reviews and, and also your coverage of Game of Thrones? Sure. Well, uh, I run a website called realdudereviews.com where we do uh, game reviews, movie reviews, Let's Plays, uh, and yeah, most recently uh, started a podcast in partnership with quartetarts.com talking about uh, just doing a little re reviews and synopsises, synopses? synopses of uh, Game of Thrones. And we have a great time. We're always looking for uh, new and fun uh, talent to come join us, so... If you ever want to check us out, be sure to go on Facebook.com slash RealDudeReviews or Twitter uh, at RealDudeReviews, uh, R-E-E-L, because we love puns. That's right. And for anyone that is interested in checking out your uh, Game of Thrones coverage, it's on the TV Ate My Brain podcast. And also, you guys do a very good job in, in uh, you know, like a quick coverage in like 30-ish minutes. So yeah. it's not like, you know, two hours of analytics or anything like that. So... Uh, so everybody wants them uh, really nice and short. Check you out, please do. <laughs> yeah, all right. So uh, yeah, finding Finding Nemo. Um, you know, it came out in two thousand three. Uh, this movie was uh, written and directed by a uh, Andrew Stanton, and you got uh, voice actors Albert Brooks as Marlon, who is the father of Nemo. Uh, young Nemo himself is voiced by Alexander Gould. You got Ellen DeGeneres as Dory, who is a uh, it's a fish with a short-term memory. Um, these are your main three. Is there anyone else you think I should kind of bring up? What about uh, Bruce uh, Idris Elba? I, Idris Elba? Idris Elba? I think it's Idris Elba. For Finding Dory. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about Finding Nemo. Uh, it, yes. Was he also in Finding Nemo? I don't think Idris Elba was in Finding Dory, was he? He was in Finding Dory. I don't think he's in Finding Nemo. Oh, I thought Idris Elba was Bruce in Finding Nemo. Oh wow! Do your research, Mason. <laughs> uh, well, also, well, I mean, Elizabeth Perkins as uh, Coral, uh, Marlon's wife. So I guess that's Nemo's mom. Uh, I know that name from Big. 
but yeah, the Finding Nemo, it's about a, um, you know, couple clownfishes, father and son. Nemo himself has a, a bit of a handicap. His, what is it, his right wing, I believe, is, uh, was. Yeah, his grown. lucky fin. His lucky fin, you know, is uh, shorter than the others. But, uh, yeah, Nemo is always trying to, pr- well, I guess his father's like really overbearing. And uh, it kind of drives Nemo to a point of, uh, you know, he needs to prove to, like, the other, you know, other kids his age that he can do things as a, a normal kid can do kind of thing. And ultimately uh, leading him to getting captured uh, and put in a fish tank in a dentist's office. There he makes some friends and he escapes and uh, later would connect, reconnect with his father. And that's pretty much the premise of uh, Fighting Nemo. Yeah, just like a, a son that originally just wants to rebel against his father, and then that later turns out to bite him in the butt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was a very, very cute movie uh, that I think everyone enjoyed just because, you know, Pixar has a great, uh, is a great, has a great job at uh, casting the net over both children and adults. Mm-hmm. Um, so Finding, finding Dory uh, was kind of a lot in the same, in the very much the same fashion. Uh, we have Dory, who, after uh, a year has passed from the events of Finding Nemo, has been chilling out with Marlin and Nemo, uh, close to their anemone, and they're trying to, you know, they're trying to work around her short-term memory loss, work, work with what they can, uh, and eventually, just randomly, out of the blue, she remembers, wait, I have a family, like, I had to come from somewhere, right? So, they begin another cross-sea adventure, um, complete with uh, the EAC again, the, the giant current... Um, Meeting quirky sea characters, all until Dory, Dory herself gets captured by um, some well-being humans. Um, but the fish don't know that. You know, all they know is that oh my god, our friend's gone. So they got to go on a basic uh, rescue mission. Uh, and while Dory is inside this, uh, what turns out to be this marine aquarium, uh, and she's convinced her, my, like her parents got to be there. Her parents got to be there. So it's all about her trying to find her parents, and it's all about Marlin and uh, Nemo trying to get her out. Uh, and it, it hits a lot of the same, uh, story beats as the first one, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's, that's exactly what, uh, the new Star Wars did, and I still love that. Uh, it was just a little, uh, off-putting for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and with this being, uh, Finding Dory, that is, being a newer release, uh, at the time of this recording, uh, we're, what we'll do is kind of give, like, a you know, recommendation for Finding Dory. And then that that way we can, uh, you know, give a little bit of a pause. And then when we do our comparison, we can get into spoilers. So, uh, Mason, uh, Finding Dory, did you watch this in regular 2D or did you watch it in 3D? Uh, 2D. Did you get a sense that it was really filmed for 3D? No, not really. I never, I never saw any uh, just blatant, like, fish swimming directly towards the screen or anything like that, no. See, I felt like it was a lot of in-your-face. Like, uh, I felt a lot of times uh, fishes would, like, jump up into the air, you know, and as you, you the viewer, is supposed to be coming at your face if you were watching it in 3D. So uh, I'd be really, uh, you know, interested to hear, you know, what the, the 3D watchers thought, you know, if it really, really worked. But uh, for me, I did kind of, like, sit there wondering... You know, maybe I should have checked this out in 3D, but uh, I, too, watched it in 2D. Um, I'll go ahead and go first, but, uh, yeah, I, I'd recommend it. Uh, I felt, after coming out of the movie, that it was more of a kid's movie than it was a family movie, if that makes any sense. Like, uh, I think adults could still enjoy this, but 
I, I don't know. It, it was a little, it was a little, I don't want to say rough to watch, but I, I felt like it had some pacing issues. I don't know if you uh, felt the same at all, but I agree with you. It did have a lot of uh, similar uh, story beats. Uh, still worth a watch, but for me, I felt that maybe I, I could have done without it. Um, but I would still recommend it nonetheless. Done without the film entirely? Yeah, like I, I could have waited, I, I guess is what I'm saying. Like uh, I didn't need to go watch it in the movie theater. Like it, it's one that I could have dropped like uh, one of my older kids to go watch and I would have been okay waiting for like the home release. Okay. Um, I could see that. Uh, I'd, yeah, they definitely missed a couple of the same beats that Nemo did. Um, I thought it was still pretty pretty well spread between kid jokes and uh, parent jokes. Like, you know, you have, you have that sex joke at the very like opening minutes of the uh, of the film, which which kind of surprised me, um, but uh, yeah, um, what what hit me most as far as the difference from Finding Nemo was that the emotional beats. Um, I have a uh, a terrible reputation of shedding one or two manly tears during Pixar films, um, and this is one of the few that um, didn't didn't get much of a rise out of me. Like I, like I was laughing at some points, I was like feeling sad at some points, like oh that's too bad. But I was never like, oh my gosh, this is just devastating, you know? It was never like the uh, like that opening montage of Up or anything like that. Um, okay. And I think that has a lot to do with Ellen DeGeneres' voice acting. I, th- I think she was fine mm. voice acting, and I think she does a great job as Dory. But she's, I mean, she, it was completely comedic. It was in the dramatic, there, there was never a convincing dramatic uh, moment for me from Dory herself. I completely agree with that, and I I have forgotten that because at the time of this recording, it's, it's actually been almost a week since uh, the, the movie's release. But um, okay, so when I watched Find, Finding Dory, you know, this is over a decade ago. I really enjoyed it. You know, it's actually one of my favorite Pixar movies. You mean Finding Nemo? Did I say Dory? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's yeah I feel I like we're going to do that a lot. We probably will. Uh, Finding Nemo, yes. Uh, it is one of my favorite Pixar movies. With Finding Dory, since it's been so long, um, watching the Ellen DeGeneres show, it actually has become, become uh, a bit of a staple in our household. So we watch uh, her show often, very often. <laughs> so much uh, so much that during the movie, I had a hard time like separating the two, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's like I wasn't watching Finding Dory. It's like watching Finding Ellen doing a like her monologue that she does at the, the top of her show. Yeah, it was uh, Ellen DeGeneres the movie. It was. It really was. And watching it, you know, kind of like w- within like a week of each, of each other, I felt that uh, Ellen kind of did her voice a little bit differently in Finding Dory. It's like it's more Ellen. I felt like. Finding Nemo, her Dory was more of a character in that one. Well, she was also a little less known back then, wasn't she? I wouldn't uh, say. Well, y- y- yes, uh, I will just because of the the time frame. But I know she was like a well established comedian at the time already, and uh, she's already had her show. But I mean, another thirteen years later, yeah, I I think she's kind of cemented herself as like a like a huge star you know celebrity i mean she was on she was a, a judge for one season on american idol for those that weren't familiar with her then Wait, what, her really? then oh, I missed yeah that. well I, I think um what was it i think it was the season with like i want to say steven tyler might have been on there as well oh so it was like when uh when that show was going down the tubes already 
Yeah, and then they brought her back, and like she she was kind of getting um, you know crap from um, you know outsiders saying, well, why is she even on there? Because she doesn't come from a music background. She only came at it from a stand, uh, a fan standpoint. And so, like, a lot of her critique was uh, more on the positive side, and people felt like they weren't really helping out the the t- the talent kind of thing. So, but anyway, yeah, I, I felt like she was way too Ellen in Finding Dory. And so, when when there are some, like, you know, you, you get that uh, bit of a montage in the beginning where she is trying to find her parents as she's growing up, um, I felt like it was just her kind of going through the motions. Yeah. That being said, uh, those flashbacks with Baby Dory, oh my god. Most adorable fish in the whole damn world. Give me the prequel. Give, give me Dory, you know? Yeah. So I, th- I think that's enough of the non-spoiler, and we'll, we'll kind of get into it. Um, so we we both recommend In the Theater? Yes, I would recommend it. This is still, a, this is still definitely a good film. Um, just... I I just give it more of like a seven. Well, I'm sorry. I, we're not supposed to give ratings right now. I just. Well, mm, <laughs> do you want to? I mean, you, you kind of you just threw it out. You, yeah, you I, I, I guess I have to. Yeah, I just I just give it more <laughs> of a seven out of ten than I would Finding Nemo, which I would definitely give more of like a nine out of ten, just because I think that um, I forget his name. The guy who voices Marlin is Albert like, Brooks. Yeah, Albert Brooks is much better uh, dramatically, and even in Finding Dory. Like, uh, like Dory asks him, I think a couple times, like, do you know what this feels like missing someone? And, and like, he kind of pauses and says, yes, I know what that feels like. And that like, like that's one of his very few lines in the movie. And that still like got me so much harder than any of the dramatic moments that Dory had. Um, so yeah, I definitely thought that that, that finding Nemo benefited a lot more from that. Okay. Uh, for me, I, I wrote into, um, you know, to, uh, to another podcast, Pop Culture Case Study, a buddy of mine, Dave. I wrote into his show to give my thoughts because uh, I didn't do a review myself. And I think for my email, I gave it a six and a half. And that was also like right out of the movie theater. Uh, I think for for Dory. Oh, six, out of, six and a half out of ten? Yeah. but Ooh, But I, I also came out of it just like, man, that was uh, horribly placed, uh, paced. And we'll get into into that mm-hmm. uh, later. And yeah, I just felt the movie was a little long, and a, a lot of you know a lot of things wasn't really working for me. But after watching Finding Nemo recently, I, I think it's uh, my Finding Dory score has gone up slightly, but not by much. Um, so I'm probably right there, uh, uh, right there with you. You know, like a low seven. Uh, so you know it's still better than an average movie. You know, better yeah. than a lot of movies out there. So uh, for me personally, I could have waited for the home release, but I I would still say yeah, you know, take your kids go watch it. Um, mm, you know, m- maybe a nice date movie for for the younger audience. You know, it's uh, like you said, it's cute. You know, I, I did uh, dig. How, how young of kids are we talking here? Oh, I mean, like uh, early twenties. You know, oh, okay. Late teens, I was, early I was 20s. picturing like twelve-year-olds on dates. I was like, "Wait, <laughs> sorry, you, you actually you're in that uh, the group of early twenties, but uh, yeah, for, and I, I actually did see you on date night. So yeah, I mean, well, there wrong. you go. <laughs> so yeah, for for me, I was like, yeah, I could have waited. So um, at this time, you know, I'll play like a quick uh, trailer or something like that, and then we'll come back and uh, kind of get into some some spoiler stuff. Hey, where is everyone? Finding Dory. 
Oh! <laughs> Wait a second. Well, that sounds like a fun challenge. Hey, Dory's missing. We've got to find her. Where is everyone? Everyone, let's work together. We can find her. Okay, so again, we uh, will kind of get into uh, more of the spoiler stuff now. But uh, off the jump, for finding Dory, I didn't need Nemo and Marlin in this story. Oh really? I was I was actually very glad that they brought him back. I I think that's where I've uh, had problems with the pacing issues. Like in Finding Dory, they they go through quite a bit of obstacles to get to each other, and when they find each other, they get separated again. So mm-hmm. I'm like, come on. So that was my problem that they kept on getting separated throughout the movie. I, I must have been like four times throughout the movie, and also one of the issues that I had was uh I understand finding Dory has short term memory. I felt like like she forgot way too often in finding Dory, like versus like finding Nemo. I felt like that came up just a few times. And this this one came up as like a joke. Like every time she'd forget it's it's to kind of poke fun, right? Yeah. But I felt like when she has like the the long conversations, whether it be with Marlin or with Hank, the, one of the new characters here, at certain points, I'm like, this is where you're actually supposed to be forgetting what you're talking about, you know? And that took me out of the movie because I was waiting for it and it never happened. And so I felt that was kind of like a, a bit of a problem on her character, you know, having that short-term memory and then playing it up for jokes early on, like... A lot of times, I am waiting for that joke, and I'm just like, okay, well, it's not coming, and then it just takes me out a bit. Did you happen to notice that a little? Uh, yeah, in in Nemo, when she forgot, um, like it was definitely still used for a comedic element, but it also had that dramatic element at the very end where she's like, "When I'm with you, I'm home," and that was really sweet. Um, but in Nemo, like it happened in almost a subtle way sometimes, like after the beginning when we establish, okay, yeah, she forgets a lot. Like, when, when they're riding on the turtles, and all the turtles want to know, like, what happened to Nemo? And Dory's there, Dory's there too, like, yeah, what happened? And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that happened. But, it, and yeah, you're right, in Dory, it's almost like it's shoved in your face, like, okay, we're doing this thing, wait, what thing am I doing? And then again, and again, and again, and again. Um, and yeah, that, that gets, that gets, that joke gets old after a while, they replay that a couple times. And I get that, um, that she, she has a disability, like, uh... All, like all the new characters in the film do, like ev- everyone has a disability, which I thought was an interesting, uh, interesting point. But um, I feel like you, you got to come up with new material. Just besides, like, uh, like oh yeah, it's funny that she forgets a lot. But okay, like we we got a whole ocean here of quirky characters. Let's let's you know work with them a little bit more. Yeah, I kind of joked in my email that uh, instead of finding Dory, should have been like finding a story because uh, it, it, you know it's just, you, you like puns. Uh, I guess. <laughs> yes. that, does that work as a pun? I, I, I don't know where Yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, one, yeah, the, the whole, it being a Marine Institute, I kind of like that because, you know, I did a little bit of reading and it, originally it was supposed to be something like a SeaWorld, but, you know, the, I, I, I guess the filmmakers kind of watch Blackfish and they're like, oh, yeah. no, let's, let's, let's change that, you know, and so I, I, I did kind of like it. Um, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, mm, I'm indifferent with the fact that they introduce a bunch of new characters. You know, I felt like that also kind of hurt the pacing a little bit is that, yeah, now we're finding new characters, thus, you know, finding out like a backstory. I kind of get the whole, uh, what was the whale's name? The, her friend Destiny. Destiny. Yeah, I it's get that Destiny, one. Destiny. 
Yeah, the, the name thing, the, the whole pun, that's a little, you know, a little much for me. Like, uh, I think in my email, I said I could have done without her, but, you know, hindsight, it's, um, you know, it's a tie to her childhood, you know, so I, I guess you kind of, kind of needed that character. But, you know, there's that back and forth with her and the other whale on the other side, and them doing the whole whale call. Like, I, I felt like a lot of this was kind of educational, you know, for kids, but uh -huh. as an adult, I'm like, I don't need these fun facts and trivia throughout the movie. And, like, I, I, again, when you're trying to teach the kids, you know, some information, I'm like, okay, well, here, here's a little pause in the story here. So, again, pacing, pacing, pacing. You know, I just had a bit of an issue with it. Like, uh, again, you take out Nemo and Marlin. Now you're looking at, like, okay, so the original mo the movie is like an hour 43. Take out Marlin and Nemo, you're looking at a 90-minute movie, which I think would have been perfect. Okay, I can see where you're talking about. Um, I liked, so I actually, I enjoyed the implementation of new characters just because um, I needed, I needed new. I, I needed as many new elements as I could to really dignify this as something to spend money on. Um, yeah, the, there were pacing issues, especially when they start, start to get into, uh, uh, Destiny and I forget the other whale's name, the beluga whale's name, um... I want to say it was like Dennis or something, but um, <laughs> the the two whales' uh, relationship with each other, I was like, like okay, it's like cool and all you all are friends, but uh, like I, I'm more invested in what Dory and what Marlon and Nemo are up to, uh, and we and yeah, it keeps it's almost like it's almost like a Game of Thrones episode. Like as soon as you start getting invested in one plotline, we we flash over to a completely different part of the world, and it's like, well, what? No, I want to know what's going on over there. Uh, and it, it gets a little frustrating after some time. Uh, but I did, I did love Destiny. I thought Destiny was adorable as uh, the nearsighted whale shark. Um, and I and I loved the uh, the echolocation challenged whale who I'm gonna just call Dennis because I don't know what his actual name was. Oh no, that that's Bailey. I'm sorry. Oh Bailey. Okay. Yeah, uh, I like Dennis uh, better. Yeah, the, the other uh, one. Uh, I'm not seeing the name here. Um, what the octopus? Oh, the septopus? Was it the, no, no, the, the sept, yeah, septopus was Hank. Yes. Uh, but Ed O'Neill. I had no idea. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, he does a little bit of an accent there, so I, I, I didn't even know that was him. Uh, Dory's parents, played by Diane Keaton and Eugene Levy. Now, Eugene Levy actually has a very distinctive voice, so I knew it was him off the bat. But the, the mother, I couldn't place. I actually thought it was like Catherine O'Hara, you know, who are always paired like as a, a husband and wife in like the Christopher Guest movies. Uh -huh. Um, so I thought that's what that was. But yeah, Idris Elba was in this one as one of the, uh, the sea lions. So, uh, I really enjoyed him. Now, I love the seals. Those are so adorable. They're probably like the best thing in the movie. Like, give me a spin off of them, kind of like the the penguins, you know, from uh, uh, the Madagascar, Madagascar movies. You know, yeah. yeah so what if the Mada what if Madagascar penguins came to Finding Nemo? That'd be a great crossover. That would have been pretty funny. Like they they would have been in their own little, uh, you know, uh, well, I guess they did, they they do have like an exhibit kind of thing, but. Um, I guess we didn't even mention that the about the short movie uh, at the beginning of the movie. Oh yes, uh, the little the little puffy seagull. I actually liked that better than Finding Dory. I have a hard time arguing with that. That that little <laughs> short was so freaking adorable. It was pretty great. Um, okay, so so one of the things I actually had an issue with, uh, like during the watch, was the flashbacks. 
But again, mm. like after giving it a few days to kind of marinate a little bit, I'm okay with it because, I mean, what else is the alternative? You know, showing us a, a prequel of young Dory leading up, you know, to like bumping into Nemo and Marlin in the middle and then leading to, you know, grown adults. So, yeah, I'm fine with it. Um, now, what, what did you think about the flashbacks? Were they a little much for you? I actually love the flashbacks because I thought Baby Dory was so cute and uh, c- kind of gave a little bit more dimension to the character. Because Adult Dory, you know, we just know as this like spaz of a of a fish that can't remember stuff. But Little Dory, you know, like we see, like she had parents, she w- she had a loving relationship with them. She wanted to go play with her friends. She was a lot like Nemo, you know. She mm-hmm. wanted to go out, she wanted to have fun, but her parents were like, "No, it's too dangerous right now. You gotta you gotta work on this disability before you do anything else." Um, so we see a little bit more of that connection there. Uh, and we see, and we see why her connection to her parents is so strong after, after this time we see, um, like they, they were, her mom was crying at one point just saying like, I don't know what she's going to do when she's on her own without us. Uh, and then the next day she's just gone. She's, yeah, she flies through the tube or whatever. And, and we see Dory alone. And, and that was probably the most heartbreaking moment for me where she's just like this little fish, like a little kid out on the street being like, where's my mom? Uh, and that, and that got me, it was like, oh man, I, I'm sorry, man, but now, but then, but then, yeah, we see her journey as she, she grows up from a kid to a teenager to an adult, uh, I don't know how long it takes for fish to mature, but, uh, we see her eventually meet Marlin, and I thought that, I thought that was a good making ends meet, uh, segment, um, the, again, the pacing, I could have maybe picked better, better placing of the flashbacks, but I thought the flashbacks implementation as a, in general was a good idea, yeah. I, I think it was a good idea too, just because like she's got short term memory, so I, I thought it was a good storytelling device. But yeah, at first I did not like it. So um okay, so so let me see. The both movies, uh they do a lot of um focus on be, because you've mentioned it, you know, a very similar story beats, but both movies focus on like the big escape, right? So do you have a preference on like which one was better? Because uh I, I think like trying to escape out of a fish tank in a dentist's office. Like, uh, I, I felt there was a little bit more of a danger in, in that one just because of, like, uh, like how the um, the tank is constructed, I guess. I, I was thinking of Darla. Like, it was dangerous because oh, of the, well, sure. the kid. Yeah, well, th- that too. And I, I guess, I mean, like, comparing it to Finding Dory, I mean, it's a, a big aquarium, you know, and uh, you got, like, other fishes that she can encounter, like, you know, um, while, while she's going from exhibit to exhibit. But um, I don't know. Did you have a preference in, like, which way uh, both movies handled it? Um, as far as they handled the escape, I would personally pick Finding Nemo just because it was a lot more streamlined and it wasn't, it wasn't like, okay, I've got to get... Like, Dory was, okay, my, my end result is getting here. But then, once you got there, there like, there'd be this new revelation where, no, I've got to go to the complete other side of the aquarium somehow with this really convoluted way. Whereas Nemo, it was like, okay, look, we got to get into the toilet. This is how we're going to do it. And they and they come up with a bunch of, like, new imaginative ways to do it, which I thought was fun. Um, Dory, it felt like the, the, end, the end goal kept getting changed, and that sort of frustrated me a little bit. And mm-hmm. I didn't understand why Sigourney Weaver was just randomly there, like as a oh, as a random God. PA voice. <laughs> yeah, it's it, like we get it. Okay, you're a voice. We heard you the first time. Maybe bring it up one more time. But they literally brought it up like every five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, j- just as much as like uh, Dory forgetting something. But you know, like one of the um, one of the times that uh, Dory and Marlin and Nemo were separated 
in Finding Dory, there's that one point where like uh, Mar- the clownfishes they were stuck in. Were they sucking like a, a pail of water or something? And then they see like yeah. these geysers, and then like see that that's just more, more like Nemo and Marlin we didn't need. You know, like you said, they they, they keep running into obstacles, and uh, yeah, this this movie just could have been a, a little bit shorter. And um, I, I agree with you. I kind of like how they handled it in Finding Nemo better. Uh, now I like Hank in Finding Dory uh, as a character. He's he's nice, but. I had a hard time like believing how camouflage he could actually really be, and he's always there, like literally always there, to uh, help find uh, finding to help out Dory. Like it, it, every big roadblock she encounters, there's Hank to save her. Yeah, Hank was definitely the uh, I, I wouldn't call him MacGuffin, but uh, maybe like the Deus Ex Machina of the film. Just like whenever something needed to happen, Hank would be there because he. Like no one can see him, and and he can crawl across the uh, the resort without being seen by people. Apparently, uh, and yeah, I liked Hank as a character too. I thought he I thought he was uh, funny, and his his blatant cynicism in a Disney movie or a Pixar movie was was kind of uh, refreshing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would have liked a little bit more. Uh, it, this is gonna sound ironic talking about a movie with talking fish. But uh, I would have liked a little bit more realism, you know? Like, I mean, Finding Dory, or Finding Nemo, the escape, I mean, was was crazy. And, of course, like, fish can never think of that. But, like, as far as, like, physically possible, yeah, sure. Like, that could happen. But Finding mm. Dory, like, they're, they're hopping over water jets uh, like you'd see in, a, in, like, a street fountain. They're, uh, like, hopping from tank to tank to tank trying to get to this final tank where a, a bunch of blue tangs are. It's just it gets more ridiculous around every turn, and the yeah the Hank being able to be completely invisible uh, while scooping out uh, Dory to go where she needs to go, uh, yeah, just kind of like the cherry on top of the improbable Sunday. It just like it it just didn't hit right. Yeah, well, I mean, what about Hank driving like a truck, you know, full of like fish in yeah. the back? You yeah, know, that was just uh, ridiculous. Okay. It is, and that's why I felt like it is definitely more of a kids movie than it was like a like a family movie. Ironically, for you know, like like you said, it you know it's it's a CG animated movie, you know. But uh, yeah, Finding Nemo just seemed a little bit more grounded in physics and just kind of how things were done. And Finding Dory is just like all of that's out the window, and that's why I felt like it was more like a kids movie than it was a family movie because like parents are going to sit there and side eye the heck out of everything, right? Like. When um when they stop the truck to rescue uh rescue Dory's parents, right? Yeah. Um so they open up the back of the truck and there's this, you know, uh reunion and their uh Dory is telling Hank to come along with her and all this and the back of the truck is like open and all you see is like all these cars behind them and like the drivers like still sitting in the cars. Like, nobody wants to run up to the back of the truck to see what the heck happened. Like, the two guys who were driving the truck originally, like, literally never caught up to the truck. They just, just like, oh, we're going to get fired and just stay there. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, yeah. they're just marine employees running after a speeding truck driven by an octopus. I mean, at that point, I think I'd just kind of, like, stand still, too. Be like, you know what? I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I know it's, it seems, well, I, I guess we really have been talking more about finding Dory and... You know, it sounds like we we just kind of had had a lot more to say. You know, a lot more issues. It, it was that that's why you know I kind of gave it a six and a half. Just like wow, there were a lot of things. I'm just like, come on, really? You know, just rolling my eyes. But 
it was, it's still fun. It's still cute. Like I said, it's a good kids movie to take your kids to. But other than that, I have no plans to watch um, Finding Dory again. Yeah, I wouldn't go out of my way to uh, do it again. But it's not it's not without merit. It's not a bad movie. It's just mm-hmm. um, when you... Pixar has cursed themselves with having such high quality movies that when a when a when a bit of a flop comes along it's hugely noticeable even if it's not like a bad film uh but when you but when you have like something like uh cars 2 or finding dory um it, it just it it feels like a like a black spot on a white rug you know like you, you mm-hmm. can't not look at it um uh, and be like well that needs to go um you were talking. You were actually talking about earlier about how uh, how weird it was how Hank was driving the truck. That was actually my my favorite part, the uh, slow motion part where you jump over the the ramp or whatever. Yeah. Um. So there are definitely some funny moments in this film. There are definitely some emotional moments in this film, but they will. It never hits the same uh, same beats. It will never make you laugh as hard or feel as much as the original Finding Nemo did. Yeah, I think as a father, the um, you know the reunion with her and her parents, like the very first time, it did get me. You know, I, I had to kind of wipe wipe away a bit of a bit of a Aww. tear there because I I definitely felt it. So you know, it did that. And Cars too, I think that's a you know pretty decent comparison. I would still um you know in comparing them two as a sequel, I would give it uh, to Finding Dory. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I, I think it's just one of those things that the movie has been so long since, like, the first movie's release that a lot of expectations, right? And, you know, I, I don't think this is something that they actually, like, really planned on doing. It was just something that Ellen DeGeneres is like, hey, yeah, let's make a Finding Dory. And then, like, like, okay, let's do it. I can't believe they did this before The Incredibles 2. That just pisses me off. It pisses a lot of people off. Yeah, everyone's waiting for Incredibles 2. And I think uh, at the time of this recording, we still got, like, another two years or something. Uh, three. He said it was coming out 2019, I believe. Oh, I thought it was 18, but I mean, still, that's still yeah, a pretty damn long time. 15 I mean, years too late. Because if you think, uh, if you you said 19, right, uh, my son would be 19 years old at the time. Oh, at the time of Incredibles 2? Yeah. So oh, that's just, that's just ridiculous. You feel but, old yet? Um, yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, but is there any, anything else that, um, you wanted to point out whether it's comparisons or I would I would just say it's this is not a movie that you want to go to because it's a Pixar film. This is a movie you want to go to because it's it's cute, it's lighthearted, and it, it's a fun you know hour and a half. Uh, but just don't don't ex, don't go in with the expectations of having your mind blown like you would with a, an original Pixar film, and you won't be disappointed. Uh, that's what I would say. You know, this really could have been like a straight to home release. I I wouldn't go that far. Um, really, like s- straight to home releases are normally like so eye roll worthy. It's it's that like uh, the first thing that comes to mind is like a like a sequel on top of a sequel, like one of those uh, Ice Age movies. You know, um, mm. like one of those like after Ice Age one, like all the Ice Ages could go directly to home for me. I th- I think I think that it still deserves a theater release. Uh, I just due to the amount of talent and the uh, I mean the animation is fantastic too. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so I, I thought that the having it in a theater experience was fun. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's definitely less in quality. I mean, if nothing else, that short at the beginning of the movie that was also very good animation too. Yeah, that was almost better, I would say, actually. Yeah, I agree with you. It was better. And that's why I was like, yeah, you know, give me that. Give me that movie. 
I forgot what it was called. It started with a P, right? I, yeah, I, I want to say it was called like Pip or something, but I know it wasn't. Something like that. You have the name of the chick. Um, I was I was trying to look for it earlier. I couldn't I couldn't find it. Uh, I just I, I'm not very good with Google, but <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll leave it at that. So um, you know, for anybody that uh, did see it and uh, have a different opinion, you know, we would love to hear it. But uh, Mason, why don't you go ahead and give out your contacts again, and uh, where listeners can uh, hear your manly man voice. <laughs> I don't sure. Know, I don't uh, know well, you can find my manly man voice uh, on realdudereviews.com. That's R-E-E-L. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, uh, facebook.com slash realdudereviews, and Twitter at realdudereviews. Uh, at, at the website, we've got movie reviews, game reviews, let's plays, and podcasts in partnership with com talking about uh, Game of Thrones. And I'm also, uh, I've also guested on plenty of Peter's original remake and HLF podcasts, so uh, be sure to check those out because those are a lot of fun to do too. And uh, we hope to see you there. We're always looking for uh, comments and people to tell us that uh, we rock or suck. You know, both both types are welcome. So uh, come swing by sometime. I agree. Any feedback is great for me. But uh, yeah, thank you for already pimping out my shows. Uh, Hydrate Level 4 and Original Remake here are both uh, under the uh, Following Films Podcast Network. So you just go to followingfilms.com where you can find other great shows. Like I mentioned, Pop Culture Case Study and my good buddy Michael Dennison over at War Machine vs. War Horse. So uh, the next time Mike and I get together will be for a uh, delayed release of, um, I think we're doing the Naked Bomb and the remake or the reboot i should say of get smart with steve carell and that's going to be for uh central uh, intelligence so um you know take a look uh, subscribe to the show uh i know he's recorded a couple of other episodes as well for some other pairings so i'm not sure exactly the order but that's the next time him and i will record so uh, we will see you next time and thank you guys for listening bye well i see trees are green and Red roses too I wash them blue for Me and you and I Think to myself What a wonderful world Well I see skies of